Voice of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, we look at how the presence of God begins as a revelation or unveiling in a moment or place. We call them thin places. The world we know becomes infused with the world we can only imagine. We don't have to create or acquire God's presence. It is already there. The sermon comes from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17. So, am I in a rut? That was an honest question I had to ask myself uh, earlier this week. Uh, I was... um, as I was getting ready for this Sunday and uh, this particular sermon and as we were going through files and things that, uh, that needed to be cleared out in doing that and I, uh, I came across the service that, that I, where I candidated here, introduced myself to this congregation 26 plus years ago and the passage this one this one and I focused on this same passage the same part that where Jacob is 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 in this place and surely God is in this place and I didn't know it and so the question is so good grief 26 years and you you're here again and and the question is so am I in rut or is this just sentimental or, or is this a recurring theme? Is this one of those themes that, as we do with all of Scripture, the more times you come to it, the more times you see something new, something fresh, or rather, it sees something in you and you become more fresh? Uh, I, I hope it's that. You'll have to decide that at the end of all of this or not. But then I want to ask you this question. Are you in a rut? Because this is a passage for people who are in a rut. This is a passage about someone who's in a rut. This is a passage about someone who feels like their life was was going well and now it has been sidelined mostly due to himself and all the ways that he has messed up Jacob and this was the beginning the beginning of a journey for him to get out of a rut and to reclaim purpose and meaning and it started with an awareness an awareness of God being in Jacob's presence in powerful ways. It is, as you heard the story, and you've heard, I'm sure, if you, uh, uh, growing up, if you heard this story, this may have been one of your favorites, where Jacob goes to sleep. He is running. He's running because he has made a mess of his life. He has made a mess at home. Uh, he's lied to his, he tricked his brother, lied to his brother, lied to his father. Now his brother wants to kill him. Um, and uh, mom decided this was maybe a good time to go see his uncle. Um, he is in the middle of nowhere, and the passage, it talks about between here and there, and at that time, at the night, there is no place to lay his head. There's no place that will take him in, and he uses a rock as a, as a pillow. That's, that's an image of someone who is really off, off a path. And in the middle of the night, a dream, and he wakes up and he realizes, wow, here, here, God is in this place, and I didn't even know it. 
We like those kind of experiences, don't we? They, they tell us that we're maybe not as lost as we thought we were. We're maybe not as rudderless as we uh, feared that we might be. Maybe there's something more that's going on that I wasn't paying attention to. And then there are those moments in our life that kind of ambush us like, like Jacob, right? And, and it's usually the kind of things that when I ask, so when was God near to you? When did you notice the presence of God? Uh, you know, there's the, the, the regular suspects of things. You know, we'll, we'll talk about, well, it was Christmas Eve and we had candles and we were singing Silent Night and it was just like, oh, there's... We call those thin moments. Those are those, those moments where the world as it is, the world that we can see somehow seems to intersect in ways that the world that we can't see, it becomes very present. That hard, fast wall becomes thin, becomes transparent, and it starts to merge, and, and we love those moments. We love those moments when we're up in the mountains or we see a sunrise. Those are the, those are the normal ones. I, I got one here uh, about a month or so ago. And it was our preschool graduation. And Miss Betsy and the team were here and they had put on this wonderful graduation ceremony. And at the end of this ceremony, they, they have all the kids up here and they, they sing, thank you for being a friend. That's tough enough. And then, and then dastardly even more, they planned it so that the kids one by one walk out right about to there, they turn around, wave to their friends, and then walk out. Now, if, you're, if, if that doesn't get you, you don't have a heart. And it was one of those moments that just became overwhelming, and I was grateful for this time, this place, grateful for a place that gets to reach out and have ministry into kids and families, and this was a sacred moment. God was in this place, and we may not have known it coming in, but God was in this place. I think part of the journey of, of life, a journey of faith, is to start to become aware of those. Because wouldn't it be tragic if at the end of our life, at the end of our life, we turn around and go, oh my gosh, God was in this place, and I didn't know it. Now I recognize, now I recognize all those moments I was asleep. I was sleepwalking. I was in a rut. I was just going around in circles and seeming to be aimless and without any direction. And how wonderful it is when we begin to capture and recognize and celebrate those moments. What are those for you? Miss Allie had, had examples of what is your happy place? What are those places? Because it's there when we do that that we begin, we begin to understand that, that what we have in front of us is a journey and that God is with us on it, even if it doesn't make sense to us in the moment. And it prepares us, it prepares us for those times, not only is God in the expected places, but as we begin to be aware of that, then God's kind of sort of in, we start to begin to see God in the unexpected places. Because one of the, one of the things that gets in the way is we think that, God with us means everything is going to be good. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It means that no matter what, God is with us. Whether it's good or not. Whether it, it feels good or not. Whether it feels like we're, we know where we're going or whether we feel like we're completely lost. That's, that's what be, starts to become a clue of the sacred. God is here. For Jacob, it wasn't that there wasn't a God. 
And I'm guessing that Jacob experienced God back where, where he expected to experience back home in all the celebrations. The real power of this passage and the power of life is he's able to say, God was in this place and I didn't know it. Who would have guessed that in the midst of a wilderness, in the midst of a desert, who would have guessed in a God-forsaken place that God was here? And so what I believe and have come to believe about Jacob in this story, that this is a bit of the gospel in, in miniature. This is preparing us for, for what we get to see in full with Jesus. It is this moment where in the midst of where I am, in the places where I feel lost, in the places where I feel sidelined, God is in this place. When I have asked that question to people, where have you felt close to God? We always get to the things of the Christmas Eves and the, and the preschool graduations. But it doesn't take long, I've noticed, before people start to go deeper with that question. And then they'll talk about, you know, I knew God was with me in the midst of cancer or Alzheimer's. I knew God was with me in a powerful way when my life was in danger. I knew God was with me when someone close to me died. In all the places that would normally signal that you are off by yourself, that this is a God-forsaken place, somehow, somehow, God showed up anyway. And I found that those are the anchor points for people's lives. Those are the places that if we can remember what they are, and keep them in front of us. Those become the experiences by which we are able to live. Yesterday we did a funeral memorial service. And as many times we, we used Psalm 23 out at the gravesite. And Psalm 23 is one of those things that has traditionally been associated with funerals. But if you listen to it, it is very much not for people who have died. It is very much for the people who are living, who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and I fear no evil. It's not that evil doesn't exist. Talking about a sacred journey isn't sort of kind of sleight of hand and just kind of look, this, squint your eyes, look, and everything's good. It's not. It exists, and God is with me. And there is that moment when it's not just words on a page, but the experience of your own life. And part of what we do here and have done here over the years has been to call that out and to watch and to see how that shows up for us. Because wouldn't it be a tragedy to miss those moments? To think and to suspect that God is only in the good stuff, the stuff that we like in the moment, the stuff where the celebrations and we miss where God has been in the tragedies, in the heartaches, in the yearning, in the things that make no sense. And oh my goodness, if God is there, boy, does life take on a different direction. And the only songs I sing don't have to be songs of thanksgiving and praise, but they're the songs of lament and the songs of yearning and the songs of hope all become part of that because that's all part of the sacred journey.
I have, um, over the years, talked about gratitude, and I think gratitude is terribly important. And one of the exercises that I have uh, that I've given people is, uh, here's one to try. If you feel like you are in a rut, if you feel like, boy, I, 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 I could use more of that. I feel like I'm sidelined, or I feel like I'm not, it's, the world isn't opening up. It seems pretty simple. Just try this, five things every day for which you are grateful. Easy stuff, right? This is the easy stuff. Oh my gosh, it was glorious today. And uh, I was able to find a parking spot close by. And, you know, and the traffic wasn't so bad when I went into town. And you know, all the easy stuff. And then, and then sets up. And then pick five things that are not so obvious. And the reason for that is, sure, let's begin here. Because that tunes us. And we start to get our eyes changed around. And we start to begin to expect. But let's look for the places where... I didn't find a parking place and had to walk further. Or there was a traffic accident on the freeway and it slowed everything down. And it's not saying I am grateful for those things, but can I be grateful in those things? So that it's the, it's the thing that even in a traffic jam and I am grateful for the, even though I wished I were somewhere else going faster, stuck here, I am grateful for the emergency units that are there and they've come so quickly and how people are tending to and how things work and how interconnected we are. When I begin to be able to do that, then I get more and more of those moments of God is here. Surely God is in this place, this place. Oh, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Because here's what's for certain. For, for sure, we will get into those places where Life gets overwhelming and we can't make any, any rhyme and, and any sense of any of it. it. It is where we will feel completely overwhelmed. We will feel completely inadequate. We will feel that we have com an absolute and utter failure in our lives. That's, that's just living. And it'd be easy to say, well, then God wasn't in that moment. But it is in those places when we begin to see God even there. I think maybe it is because of the season that I am in and been, have been reflecting on some of the hardest things and the most joyous things. I have shared, I believe, in some circumstance, in some places, maybe not here, the hardest, somebody said, what's the hardest funeral you ever did? Hardest funeral I ever did. I don't even have to think twice. It was, it was a, um, a family that had dropped off a daughter at a Halloween party and then was going through an intersection, got T-boned by a drunk driver, and all three passengers, the mom, the brother, and the older sister died, leaving just this one 10-year-old daughter by herself. And in a community where it was very close, and this, this family was very popular, and the middle school where the oldest daughter went to was across the street. And they set up the service, and it was in, in the sanctuary there in Washington. And I knew, I knew that this place was going to be a gaping hole of grief. How could it not be? I had my own grief. I couldn't make sense. Why, why would anything, why would anything God, so God-forsaken happen there? And it was worse. This girl's father had just gotten out of prison and had been estranged from the family and was now claiming custody. 
even though the grandparents that had been so close to her wanted to raise her and keep her, even though that's where she wanted to be. And so we're going into this service and this incredible grief, and it is packed with kids and families and, and sorrow, and it is, I am literally on the phone up until the last moment talking to protective services, trying to find a way, is there some way that the grandparents can get, get custody and pleading the case about this being a, a, a situation that was not safe and getting shut down on that. Put down the phone, went into the service. And it felt so inadequate. It felt like trying to put out a forest fire with a Dixie cup. It, I said my words, we were there, there was three caskets in the front and it was overwhelming. And at the end, the idea was that at the end then they would take the caskets out and people would go out and they would release balloons. Some way to push back and some way to signal something. And I gave the benediction and I turned around and spiritual giant that I am, I fainted on the spot. It was a raised platform. The only people who saw it was my wife and my neighbor, best friends across the street. They were sitting up in the balcony, so they had a view. Um, and I turned around and stepped down and everybody thought I had just gone to sit down. I was on the floor. And I realized it was, in retrospect, it was a combination of, of stress, of my own grief, I hadn't eaten all day, and I was overwhelmed, and, um, <laughs> and the first, first face I saw was that of the funeral home director looking at me. This is not a good day when the first face you see when you wake up. <laughs> and it was just a reminder, just completely, completely inadequate, and in so, in so many other ways, in smaller, thank goodness, ways. What I have and what I think I have is so inadequate. And yet, and yet in that place, I can tell you, there was a sense at the end of that day with the way people came together, with, with, with the care and the compassion. God was in that place. God was in that place. And I didn't know it at the time. But if God is in that place, if God is in those places where I'm inadequate in our failures and our sufferings, and if in our failure and our sufferings and in the tragedies of our life are not interruptions on the sacred journey, they become in some ways the occasions, the necessary occasions for some, some of the lessons and some of the places. It is when I am overwhelmed and beyond anything I can come up with that that is sometimes the place where God feels most present. Oh my goodness, what a different way to live. And wouldn't be terrible to miss that. And so part of the path of spirituality is understanding that there is a place in me that resonates with the presence of God. In the book of Psalms, there's this wonderful phrase that deep calls to deep. That there is this place of deep yearning, deep ache, deep need that resonates with God. And the deep work and grace of God. And until I've come to believe, until I'm at that place where I've got nothing, that place doesn't connect. But when it does, then, then there is something that wells up 
and life is a sacred journey in a way that never could have been before. It's not that that event was good. It was anything but. But even in that, even in that, when I say, when I use that phrase that there is nothing you're going to do to make God love you more and there's nothing you're going to do to make God love you less, it is that experience. It is when I'm at the end of it all and that I've got nothing to offer. I am completely inadequate. And in that place, I still experience the grace of God. That changes everything. That means that I get to live differently. God is in this place. And this song of God begins to emerge and it wells up in me and through me and that's really the point of this next piece that Randy and Leanne put together that in these deep silent places that somehow make no sense is where it makes the presence of God makes sense of our life in new ways as you see this, as you think about this, as you listen, what are the deep places? Where's the deep ache, yearning, hope in you? And where have you found it resonating with the deep heart of God? There is a still place of inner quiet where the sacred song lives. A place of peace where amidst the confusion, hurt, and loss, the melody cannot be silenced. My life goes on in endless song above earth's lamentations. I hear the rhythm far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear its music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? While though the tempest loudly roars, I hear the truth it liveth, and though the darkness round me close, songs in the night it giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to the rock I'm clinging, since love reigns over. a still place where hope is magnified and resounds with the humming of the inner music. A place where joy echoes with the divine, and from this place of holy love we sing. Smooths, 
since first I learned to love it. The peace of Christ makes new my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine, I know this love. How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to the rock I'm clinging. Since love reigns over heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. It is the theme, it is the journey that more and more we begin to experience by the grace of God. And the path of, of growth is always, is always this experience of awe and then surrender. It is recognizing the presence of God and then responding. It is receiving and then offering. It's what Jacob does in this story as well. The first thing he does is he makes a monument and he's promising all kinds of things to God. And the fact that he's bargaining with God more than anything else isn't even the point. He's not, he hasn't arrived. Jacob never arrives, by the way. This is not the idea of that. Now you've had this experience and now everything is going to go well. Because not only does the sacred journey have to do with the places where you are overwhelmed by the events of around you that, that impose themselves, you become, <laughs> you become painfully aware of the journey and the, the twisted that's within you. And if you aren't, everybody else around you pretty much is. Jacob is a hot mess. That's saying it nicely. He is a terrible brother. He is a terrible son. Turns out not such a good husband from here on out either. And he doesn't even become a good father. He is in the midst of this and the most God-forsaken place around Jacob turns to be out within Jacob. And God is there anyway. And this is why it feels like gospel. Not only is God comes to me not only is God within me and I experience God in the deep places of my own life the presence there but now I begin to experience God working through me this is the Jacob who becomes Israel who becomes the father of the nation the people of God this is an origin story and this is our story and the great news isn't that if you just get it together if you have enough great experiences and you get it together then God can use you that's not, that's not gospel. That's just fair warning. The real gospel is put together by, among, among the other wonderful voices, William Sloan Coffin, when he says, there's more mercy in God than there is sin in you. That there is sin and tumult and off-track stuff in me is without argument. 
and it's for all of us. And that's, but that's not the point. The point that is no matter what is there, God is still at work. And, God, and you get to be used anyway. And the gospel is the God who's come to me, the God who is in me, is also the God who can somehow, somehow be used through me. That that presence somehow gets mediated. Because here's the thing that I have learned over the years in ways that I never could have guessed even 26 years ago is that the, the presence of God, the grace of God is always, always, always mediated. It always comes through an experience, a sense of my own body, or even more, it comes through the other people. I told you about that experience in, in Washington. And part of, part of what made that day uh, a part of the sacred journey was watching the way the community gathered around the hurts and the aches and they took care of each other and they nurtured each other and they comforted each other and, and all the different ways the community came around this incredible wound. We see it here as well, don't we? Yesterday we had the funeral, we had the memorial service. It was a very elaborate one. There was a lot going on. And once again, the deacons are here and they're setting up and they're doing the hard work and the complicated work and they're hanging with a family and trying to help them do what they need to do so that they can find some place of solace and comfort. It is in the places when we go out for hands of hope as we do. It is the grace of God, the presence of God that is mediated, is announced through the hands and the work that we do. Whether we are stepping up as we give of ourselves of our, of our money, as we give of ourselves of our energies, as we give ourselves our best energies, it just keeps happening. And again and again, this, the passage says... There were messengers that were coming down. And am I saying it's like that? No, I'm saying it is that. We become the messengers. We bear, we bear the message of the presence of God as we give ourselves and as we show up. And as we become transparent, as we become the thin place for others. When others begin to see, as they do, as they do in the caring and the compassion and the giving and the sacrifice and the service, when people begin to see that, then, then this journey takes on a special meaning. Jordan has us working on this wonderful image of, of what does it mean to be under construction? And it is a world that is under construction. It is a heart that is under construction. And the whole job is to somehow attune ourselves to what God is doing, to attune ourselves to the, to the song of God. And even as we do that with everything else, even as there are people who have an ear who can, who have learned how to tell when we are on pitch or not. Even as there are workmen who can tell when something is off, they can look at it from afar and go, that's a 16th of an inch off or a 32nd of an inch off because they have so tuned their eyes and, and, and their sensibilities or color or they can listen to an engine and go, there's something wrong or they can listen to a child who's crying and go, they're okay. All of those, all of those are, 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 let, are things that we attune to something that's within and the better we get at it the better we're able to live we do the same thing with the, the movement of the spirit when we say gather, learn, pray and serve this doesn't make us more spiritual this makes it so that we can attune ourselves and align ourselves with what God is doing this is about the good work that God is doing in our midst when our whole life becomes a thin place and wouldn't it be tragic if we go through our life and we miss that so 
Are we in a rut? The people who are in a rut who are the ones who walk through life half asleep, who never seem to wake up or don't seem to wake up to what God is trying to do in their midst. And the only way I know to get out of a rut, the only way I know to wake up from that sleepwalking that's a part of life to what the grace of God is doing through Christ in our life, in the Holy Spirit, is to begin to pay attention to all those places, all those places. And so this quote by Frederick Buechner that has been a, a north star for me, even when I didn't understand it all. I probably still don't. Listen to your life, he says. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is. In the boredom and the pain of it, no less than the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it. Because in the last analysis, all moments, all moments are key moments. And life itself, life itself is grace when we begin to wake up to that when we begin to see the god who has come to us the god who is in in us and the god who is working now through us then then we begin to understand what it means to step by step be part of a miracle because our life is part of the great sacred journey let's pray And so God, wake us up today. <laughs> if we are in a rut, if we have forgotten how to see, if it's been a while since we have noticed you, then break in to our stupor. Dust us off. Startle us. Help us to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the heart to perceive what it is that you are doing even now in this place, in this day, in our lives, that we may not sleepwalk through this amazing existence, but more and more wake up and more and more see clearly who you are and who you are calling us to be through Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, so not only was this sermon the same topic and the same passage, turns out we closed with the same hymn. Maybe I'm in a rut after all, but I still think this is a, this is a hymn that is a prayer, and I find it always, always opens me up. So I would invite you, would you stand with me and let's sing it together. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.